Would you uh, welcome Tony and Cindy Brewer as they come to share this morning? Come on, give them a good welcome. Good morning, family. Uh, we always feel like we're coming home when we come here, and uh, what, a, what a privilege to stand here with you today and to have a chance to, uh, Tony asked me to, to share a message from the Word, a brief in word of encouragement with you, and then he'll come and tell you more about uh, Orphan Voice and what's happening now. But uh, let me just say, I, I don't want to miss this opportunity of when Pastor Dennis uh, tells you that we've known each other for decades. Uh, that's true. I think 1975 was when uh, my path first uh, crossed his, and a, a youth uh, in my high school invited me to Bible study at the church that Pastor Dennis was pastoring then, and uh, what I could not have known where that would lead. And thank God, um, you know, because of Pastor Dennis, I went to a Christian college where I met Tony. And uh, because of Pastor Dennis, years later, Tony came to the uh, ministry where uh, he was pastoring, to, uh, where Brother Dennis was pastoring, and we were reacquainted after seven years of being separated after college. And, you know, on and on it goes, uh, just the goodness of God. The, um, you know, we cannot begin to know. And I have to say that uh, he's not that much older than me, but certainly my spiritual father, my mentor, teacher, my example in ministry. I'm so grateful and just uh, beyond amazed that I would have the privilege to stand here in his pulpit and uh, to thank you uh, for your ministry in our lives. Um, you know, in two weeks, uh, we'll be celebrating that first resurrection morning. And uh, so I wanted to share something as we prepare for that day. Uh, seasons in life that God does things and moves in our lives and for us to be ready. And uh, we frequently listen to the uh, sermons coming from this pulpit. And uh, what a feast you had last Sunday on being hungry right? Being hungry for God. And I'd like to share uh, something that um, continues on that theme a little bit, because when we're hungry for God, when we've cultivated that hunger, he's promised to fill us, and that causes us to have an expectation for miracles, uh, you know, for an expectation to see God move and come and do something in our lives that nobody else can do to satisfy a hunger that nothing else has been able to reach and to touch. And we serve a miracle-working God. Uh, we have every reason to expect his intervention in our lives, his intersecting, his guidance, his um, prevenient grace that goes before us and arranges our steps so that at the right time, at just the right moment, he comes and uh, brings exactly what we need in that moment. And so uh, I want to talk today about God of miracles as we get ready to celebrate uh, that first resurrection day. And we are um, 
we have every reason to expect miracles. This word is full of miracles. And uh, people smarter than me have tried to count, and some have come up with more than 160. So I was conservative and said that more than 150 separate miracle accounts recorded in the Bible. And uh, I guess I should have said a little bit more. Miracle is, you know, God's intervention, basically. It's either the interruption of uh, natural law or a miracle of timing. I don't know how many of you have experienced that, but at just the right moment, the right thing happened, and it changed everything. And maybe the event itself was not outside of natural laws, but it was certainly a miracle of timing. And so uh, we see in the Bible miracles just from the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's a miracle-making God in forces of nature with the sun standing still, with a fleece that is dry when the ground is wet, or the fleece that is wet and the ground is dry, uh, with animals, a talking donkey, a fish that just happens to have a coin in its mouth at the right moment to pay the tax, right? Uh, miracles of coincidence. Uh, there are so many, maybe you could testify to this too, in my life I can, but in the scriptures, can you imagine in the book of Esther that on the very night, the very night that Haman is plotting to kill Mordecai, the king can't sleep. And so he reads in his records and discovers that a Jew named Mordecai saved his life and he was never rewarded. And the next morning, when Haman comes to get permission to kill Mordecai, the king instead has Mordecai exalted and lifted up. And Haman is the one leading the horse around. Right? That's what a coincidence that on that very night, what a coincidence that as Abraham marches up one side of the mountain with his son to sacrifice him, God is sending a ram up the other side of the mountain. That at just the right moment, it's there for the sacrifice. Miracles over demonic forces, uh, disease, miracles of provision with manna, miracles of protection. Is there any logical explanation how David escaped being killed except God's protection of him? There is none. Miracles of restoration. When we read Job, you know, most of us say, oh, I, well, I don't want to be like Job. But what a miracle of restoration. Everything and more restored to him. Uh, miracles of resurrection, even before Jesus' own resurrection from the dead. We read of stories in the Bible of people being resurrected in the Old and New Testament. He's a God of miracles. And I just want to say, if you're a person that has shied away from the Old Testament because you feel like it's all about judgment and uh, an angry God, a judgmental God, let me tell you, there is love on every page I love the Old Testament, and the way of faith has always been the way to God. The way of faith and trust and believing him has always been the way to uh, find him, to seek him and find him. And then lastly, miracles of transformation. What other explanation for that shepherd boy David to become the king after God's own heart? 
or for a murderous uh, Christian-hating person like Saul of Tarsus to become the great apostle, Paul, that would write most of the New Testament. Those are miracles of transformation. Well, I want to read to you uh, today just some verses, mainly from Exodus 12, 1 to 14. I'm going to leave out a couple verses for brevity's sake, but I'm not, uh, you know, messing with the scriptures. Let me tell you, I value the word of God. Uh, But anyway, I want to talk about the miracle of the uh, Passover, but not exactly that event, but just the thing that led up to it. Because the Passover was for Israel what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is to us. It makes us a people. It makes us. Uh, without the resurrection of Jesus, we are not the people of God. We are, as Paul said, to be most pitied and uh, misled. We're misguided. Well, without the Passover... God's people really weren't God's people, right? That's when Israel became into existence as a a nation, a group. And uh, so just before the Passover, they had to be ready for the miracle. And that's what I want to talk about. Because when we're hungry for God, when we've made time for him and we prize his word and value his ways and we're seeking for him, uh, he's going to move And he prepares us for a miracle. So let me read these verses. If you have a Bible and you want to be following along, it's Exodus 12, mainly 1 through 14, but a few verses in the middle, uh, like 9 to 11, I won't be reading. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. And then dropping to verse uh, 6, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house in which they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh that night, roasted with fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat of it. In this manner, you shall eat of it with your belt fastened your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Amen. I just want to draw out a few things about being ready for a miracle, to be prepared for God to move, to increase our faith so that we can receive what he wants to do already. God had already uh, provided for his people to be delivered, but they had to be ready to receive the miracle that he had in store for them. So the first thing I'd like to remind us from this passage is, first of all, to experience a miracle, do you need one? 
do you need one? Uh, you might recall that just before this, Egypt has been through nine plagues. And maybe you've heard before, but each one of those plagues spoke to the power and provision of a specific deity in Egypt. And they were unable to deliver. Now, we think, you know, they were the deities of Egypt. But remember, the children of Israel have been living in that culture for 500 years. And they haven't just been living in it. It's been living in them. And so as the Egyptians saw their deities fall one by one, unable to deliver, unable to help, unable to stop whatever plague was happening, the Israelites saw that too. Because maybe they thought in the back of their mind, oh, you know, this one will be able, maybe, maybe there is another God as powerful that can stop this. But one by one, they fell down. Do you need a miracle? But are you trying to meet your own need in your own way, in your own strength, in your own wisdom, with your own money, and your own plans, and your own education, and your own family? And, you know, sometimes it, we, it is a long road to run out of ourselves. And it, can I get a witness? <laughs> That's for me, you know. Uh, that we it takes us a while to get to the end of ourselves. We sing, we need a miracle maker. Do we really? Is he all we have? It, are we saying, God, I'm throwing all my eggs in your basket. If, if you don't come through, I'm undone. There is no plan B. You're my plan A, and you're all I have. Do we need a miracle? They needed a miracle. And secondly, they had to listen up with a heart to obey. And that's part of being hungry, isn't it? And what Leanne talked about is to listen with the attitude of surrender. And in the very beginning of this passage, it says that the Lord speaks to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. Uh, I think it's just wonderful that the writer in included that phrase, in the land of Egypt, because some of us think my miracle can't come until I'm over there. My miracle can't come until I'm out of this situation, out of my bondage, out of my stink, out of my sin. My miracle can't come until I've cleaned myself up a little bit, until I've, you know, uh, God gets me out of this, and then I'll follow him I'll sow my wild oats, and then I'll follow him. I'll get out of this bad relationship, or I'll stop these destructive habits, or I'll quit watching those things that pollute my mind and my heart, and then I'll listen to him. God spoke to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, right where they were, right in the mess that they were in, right in the no way out unless God opens the door, you're done for, right in the middle of it, that's when God speaks. How wonderful to know he's doing that today. Uh, I love the, uh, the songs. There's a song I've been listening to that says, I don't have to prove myself because you've already approved of me. Because it's all on him, right? He's our way maker. Your miracle requires change, not just a rescue, for you to go back to the way that you were. And in the beginning of this passage, 
you talk about a reset, God changes their whole calendar system. Today is the first day of the first month of the year. Can you imagine if we said that, oh, we're not going to go by the calendar anymore. March is January from now on, or April is January, this is it, a, a new ordering. But God speaks to us and comes to us to reset our lives according to him, not just to get us out of a mess so that we can go do what we want, right? It, it required a change, and each person had to step up to participate. Let every person have their lamb. Now, not every individual person had a lamb. They, are, they were in households. And even people who it wasn't their particular household, in other words, not their blood relatives, I think there was a lamb for every about 20 people, right? It was community. And God has never set, uh, you know, people isolated. In fact, the Bible tells us he sets the lonely in families. And this is a pretty good family, right? You may not have anybody else that you can share your faith with, that you feel like is your brother or sister. I guarantee you, you've got some here, whether you know it or not. But every person had to be joined to the others. And everyone had to be covered by the blood. And that's the next point, that they had to accept and apply the sacrifice. That little lamb, I don't know about you, I'm an animal lover. And baby animals, oh my goodness, you know, how sweet. That little lamb lived with them for several days, and then they killed it. They had to see what sin cost. They had to feel the uh, depth of the sacrifice for them. They had to put that blood on the doorposts. Uh, on the sides and over the top. And, and you know, how, how much more could they have been marked as the people of God, right? There was no question. If you walk by their house, you knew it. When people walk by your life, not just your house, your life, that's what the house was, right? The door. They're coming in and going out. Where, how they transacted business, how they treated other people, who they welcomed and who they turned away. The blood marked them as God's people. And does the blood mark us our, in our coming in and our going out and who we talk to and how we treat them, how we view them, how we pray for them, how we serve them? The sacrifice had to be burned in fire, not boiled. Uh, God specifically says, don't boil or bake it. It must be burned in the fire, the fire of affliction, the fire of purifying. And Jesus, our spotless lamb, our sacrifice, suffered in the furnace of affliction, who went through such terrible treatment, such humiliation and pain and suffering for us, He's our lamb. And I love this idea that when they decided to live under the blood and to eat, to take it in, to digest, to ingest, to have that, that lamb's life, that lamb's strength. You know, the strength is the muscle, right? And the muscle is the meat. 
They're taking the strength of that lamb. That's what we do when we take Jesus. And when his blood is over our life and we take his strength and health into us, our plague becomes a Passover. Our death becomes deliverance. And our misery becomes our miracle. Isn't it amazing what God can do? Egypt experienced a plague and death and misery. The people of God experienced a Passover, a deliverance, and a miracle. And lastly, in this passage, we see that they had to commit to a changed life. He said, not just today, not just in this moment, not just this night, but you're going to eat ready to go with your sandals on and your belt around your waist and your staff in your hand. I don't know about you, but that reminds me of the, the armor of God, right? The belt of truth. The sandals of the preparation of the gospel of peace. And the staff was kind of like a sword to them. It's what the, you know, they would use to defend themselves or their flocks or whatever. The word of God. They had to be ready to walk, ready to move. And sometimes we say to the Lord, we want you to do, I want you to do something in my life and I'll see how it works out. And then I'll be ready. God says, be ready now. Be ready to move. Be ready to go. And then he says, you're going to remember. Remember. Uh, this is going to be an annual feast. And even today, the Passover is celebrated. And one of those questions the families ask, why is this night special? This is the night of all nights. Why is it special? It's when we became a people. It's when God delivered us from cruel slave masters. Well, every time we gather at the Lord's table, why do we remember this? Every Easter, at the, you know, at the time of Passover, why do we celebrate? Why do we come? It's when remembering when Jesus released us from our cruel slave master, when he rescued us from death, and darkness and hopelessness and brought us to the land of the living and of life. So, are you ready for a miracle? In two weeks, I wish we could be here. It's going to be wonderful, I know. Every week here is a feast, another banquet uh, at, before the Lord. But that day is going to be special. Come expecting. Uh, come waiting to receive and ready to move, God is going to do great things. He's already doing great things for you. He's doing miracles through you, and Tony's going to share more about that, what you've done in the lives of the vulnerable of Vietnam. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Now you know why I go second. Let's uh, begin in prayer. Uh, you saw the coats that you delivered, 536 of them, I think, to, and it's cold up there in the winter. They needed those coats. On, uh, that was a prophetic act, and I want us to follow it up with prayer. You notice the, the little green flower, sometimes I call it a green man, sometimes a green flower. 
And that's a coat. We, you, you protected, you, you, you put the, the, the love of God around that child and the green man, we'll call him, we're marking that child for new life. Yes. New life for everyone that you covered. You're covering them with the love of God. Let's pray right now for, uh, for that and for new life to come to everyone that you covered. We want to pray for the sign out there. Uh, that's going to be such a wonderful tool. Anybody have any financial needs? Good deal. Okay, well, thank you for your honesty. Uh, anybody any, have any physical needs? Okay, let's pray for that. Um, let's do that right now before we get started. Father, we're grateful that we can come to an almighty God, an almighty God. And Father, thank you for those children that Covenant Life Ministry covered with your love. They maybe didn't think of it in those terms, but that's exactly what happened. They covered them with your love. Father, we pray for each of them in the name of Jesus that you will... Send your Holy Spirit to them in the name of Jesus that they will come to Christ. They will know Jesus. Arrange every circumstance in their life to that end. We claim them for Christ. We plead the blood of Jesus on them. Satan, loose them and let them go. Loose them and let them go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, for the sign out front, what a wonderful tool. Every person that sees that sign is a, is a child that you died for, that you love so desperately, that you're yearning to reach. So Father, in the name of Jesus, may uh, as every, every, every uh, cognitive thought that is processed in every mind that sees, every, that sees a word or even thinks about what's on that sign for the, for the coming years, in the name of Jesus, that you will reach into their heart and bring them to you. Bring them to you in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus on them. Loose them, Satan, and let them go. Let them go in the name of Jesus. Father, uh, bring, uh, 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 bring, uh, fr bring them from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south into this house in Jesus' name, into this house in Jesus' name. Father, for those who are having a financial need right now, Father, open up the windows of heaven and provide supernaturally from your resources in such a way that their need will be met and more than met and praise will go back to you. Father, for those who indicated they had some physical problem in the name of Jesus, Lord, uh, by your stripes we're healed. Oh, by your stripes we are healed. All that, all that terrible, all that terrible things at, at Calvary, Lord, uh, we struggle maybe sometimes to receive it, but we want to continue to, to, to fight for, our, for the things that you bought for us. And so we pray for health, health, divine health in this body, and especially for those who indicated they had that need. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to be real, uh, I just want to, we, we've come to thank you. Uh, we get to see what you do. You don't get to see that. And so we, Hope to communicate that to you uh, today. Um, you know, think about that child that's cold. And, you know, they don't know you. <laughs> but I wish I could communicate what God feels when you meet those needs. What you have done for them. What you have done for them. 
I want to uh, try to thank you by proclaiming or saying and us praying together uh, a translation of the high priestly prayer from Numbers 6 that a Jewish Christian came up with and translated and, and did it a kind of an amplified version of it. Accept this blessing from Cindy and I and for the, the folks in, in, in Vietnam from Orphan Voice. May Yahweh make Himself known to you as your Heavenly Father so that He can grant and bestow upon you His promises and His gifts. May Yahweh, your Heavenly Father, guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that you will, that, and, and that will prevent Satan and all your enemies from harming your body, your soul, your mind, your spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions in Jesus' name. May Yahweh, your Heavenly Father, illuminate the wholeness of His being towards you, continually bringing you to order so that you can fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose. May, G may, may Yahweh, your Heavenly Father, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you, and give you sustenance, provision, and fellowship in the name of Jesus for you, for you, for what you've done. May Yahweh, your Heavenly Father, lift up and carry His fullness of being towards you, bringing everything that He has to your aid, supporting you and His divine, with His divine embrace and His in, entire being. In Jesus' name, may Yahweh, your Heavenly Father, set in place all that you need to be whole and complete so that you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name over you. May He give you supernatural health, peace, supernatural welfare, safety, supernatural rest, total absence of discord in the name of Jesus. His blessing to you. His blessing to you. 3,500 therapy sessions you helped provide last year. One of those was a little girl came to the, came to the therapy center, cerebral palsy child, no, in, no therapeutic intervention, no intervention of any sort, couldn't hold her head up unaided, couldn't crawl, of course, couldn't sit up unaided, couldn't do anything as a two-year-old. Uh, you, you provided a place for her. You provided a place for her where people could pray for her, could minister to her, could provide some, some ther therapy to her, could invest in her. And then this happened. <laughs> Mother, as they always do, they bring their kids on a motorbike, a little 125cc motorbike, and she's sitting up here. They Sometimes they just tie them on. She brought them, put her, in the, put her on that concrete, and then got off the bike and pushed her bike off to the side, and then you saw what happened. Because you made a place for her. Um, you made a place for her. Yesterday, Cindy and I, and Brother Dennis and Deb were over there too uh, at the Climbers for Christ event, and some of you came to Vietnam. Where's Blake? Is he here today? I know he's here. He's probably working someplace. He's probably working someplace. Uh, Josh is not here, but uh, the whole team came. But those two guys bore the major burden at, 
at the therapy center building a climbing wall because the government wouldn't let us all go over there. I'm only scared of you guys from Alabama or something. I only let two of them go. They had to do all the work, but they built a climbing wall that I never knew would have any effect. They kept saying, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. I said, okay, build it. And they built it. And it's the focal point of the therapy center. It's the focal point of the therapy center. Every child that walks in, they want to climb it. And as soon as they can, they try to climb it. So we've got two short clips here, but some of you will recognize, some of you will recognize this. And there it is. It's, it's a little worse for wear. I think you all had something to do with that mural too, didn't you? Look here on the right there. There's Seth. You put him there. He's encouraged a lot. Okay, let's watch one of them trying here. There they go. There they go. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 2,500 classes at the deaf school. Um, two salvations. One of those children, uh, not a child. His name is V. He's 18, 19. Came to Christ. He's being mentored by a deaf pastor to be a pastor. You did that. You helped do that. Would, I want us to uh, pray for him. If you'll pray with me. You know, the greatest thing you can do, and in the greatest thing we can do in our lives is believe God and pray. Amen. Believe God and pray. V was severely beaten for his faith soon after he converted. And I want, us, I want, I want, to, I want to make a draw on your faith if you'll pray with me. Let's pray for him. It's been hard for him. It's been hard for him. Let's pray for him. Father, in the name of Jesus for V. Lord, we pray, we lift him up to you, O oh God. God, that you touch his heart, that you cause him to know how much you love him, God, in Jesus' name, that, Lord, this attack by the Satan, it, it will not result in him going back. He will not go back. He will not go back in the name of Jesus. But, Father, you'll anoint him and cause him to be, uh, to set his face like flint. It cannot be turned away from you. Lord, minister to him. Minister to him. Minister to him in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of the, some of the children that are getting older now, they've, they've learned, uh, they've, they can add, they can read, they can write, they can sign. They know how to communicate with others, and now they need a job. And so uh, uh, we've, been, we've been teaching them a skill, trying to teach them a skill. Some of them are making wallets and little leather things like that. Some of them are making pop-up Christmas cards. And uh, you may see those things in the future because we need somebody to buy them. Let's, that one, here's, and there's the wallet. It's the greatest wallet, I tell you, inside and out. And here comes the pop-up card. Just a wonderful uh, thing, a wonderful blessing. And there's Hein uh, making the wallet. So pray for them. And you're, you're equipping them to go out and overcome. And so, you know, the deaf child before, no, what are they going to do? Now they can function and make their way in life because of your help. Thank you so much. Well, this one's going to be self-explanatory, but... That's for you. You did, look what you did.
look what you did. It's not very pretty, but it's prettier now than it was. That was, of course, right after surgery. Uh, right after surgery, it's still not very pretty, but that, that cleans up and, and you close that up. You did that. Thank you for doing that. You didn't know you did that, did you? That's why, that's why you're going to be uh, surprised. You know, our God is so generous. He's so generous in His mercy. And he's so, also so generous in His rewards. And that's why when you're going to say, Lord, I don't, when did I do that? When did I do that? He's going to say, of course. When you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. And then he's going to say, come, you blessed of my father. Twelve children at Victory House, protected from, mostly orphans, protected from predators. Forty young people come to Christ and are more precious than gold. Anti-trafficking seminar in a village church. Five thousand more precious than gold. Comic books distributed in schools that not only has, teaches them how to protect themselves from predators and what's a good touch, what's a bad touch, and what to do if they experience a bad touch. Um, and all the while saying uh, the central message of the book being you're more precious than gold. You're more precious than gold. Now we're in a restricted society, a uh, restricted uh, governmental environment as you know, so let's pray right now. I'm, I'm drawing on your faith. We're partners in this. Is that, we're partners. Let's pray that God, in every case, God shows them why they're more precious than gold. Amen? Come on, join, join with me. Let's do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come together. You said if we agree on earth as touching anything that you ask, it shall be done for you by my Father who is in heaven. And if you ask anything according to my will, if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him in the name of Jesus. Lord, Every these thousands of children that are reading this comic book, that's teaching them how to protect themselves. It's also teaching them that they're more precious than gold. We're agreeing in the name of Jesus, according to your word, that you're going to orchestrate events in such a way that they're going to understand, they're going to hear, and they're going to understand your love for them that makes them more precious than gold. And they're going to be situated in such a way that they can receive that love and receive your son. And the credit goes Lord, uh, to these wonderful folks, but Lord, to, your, to Jesus and to the, uh, uh, send your spirit to do it. Set angels, uh, send angels to do it, to help. Bring them in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mai was a little girl in these programs, just to give you an example of what you're doing. Mai was um, uh, born of a, a college-age uh, girl, uh, no husband, and uh, raised her, um, raised her uh, as a single mother for a while. Then later got married, uh, and had a had an intact home. And another child came along, and so two little girls in the house, both husband and wife working. They moved into the husband's 
parents' house, which is so common, and, and so they're all living there together. Uh, my thought that she was, my always thought that her stepfather was her father, was her biological father, and that, and therefore that her grandparents were her biological relatives, and that her sibling was a biological sibling. But she couldn't understand why she was treated so badly. She couldn't understand why, why her grandmother uh, mistreated her and beat her and spoke, un, uh, spoke unkindly to her. She could not understand. Um, she couldn't understand. She couldn't understand. She couldn't understand why her mother wouldn't defend her. She couldn't understand. Well, in the end, the mom not only didn't defend her, but took her to a, a government agency and said, I can't do it anymore. Find a place for this child. And that's, a, that's, that's tough. That's tough. But there's a place for that child because of your help. And that child's at Promise House today, learning how to be accepted, learning how to be loved. She's got a long road to hoe, yes, but pray for her. And again, you were there. You were there. You were there to protect her and help her. I got my stories mixed up a little bit, so I just went on to Promise House there. Um, 13 new house churches established in 2021 with your help. Thank you. 124 new converts. Thank you. Uh, thank you for helping build a church uh, in the Highlands. Check this out. That's where they built. This is their, this is their site. This is their site. This is their, and what's coming up is their site after several hundred hours of man labor. <laughs> Done by hand, guys. Done by hand. Here they are hauling the uh, cutting and hauling the wood. And there they are, of course, building it. High in the mountains. There's the pastor, and our, a friend of ours. And uh, so... They're still building on the church, but uh, you helped build it. Thank you. 2.5 tons of rice delivered to Ukrainian orphans. Six tons of rice delivered to refugee camps, orphanages in Myanmar. Wells dug for two churches serving two communities, two villages, which is, not only blesses the people, but equips the church to reach into the community because the church as far as the village knows, is the one who, did the, who dug this well. Uh, look, look, at, look, at, look at what it is like to have water for the first time. <laughs> A little baby on the back of that lady. <laughs> oh, they're digging that water. They love that water. You guys, you guys gave them that water. Thank you. Thank you. So we do a lot. I mean, our staff does a lot. Uh, there's 20, 20 of us, and they're always busy uh, doing a lot of work and going out. You know, we, our day starts at 7.30. We have prayer and praise, and, and we uh, go out and do our work. And so we do stuff like this, but, you know, a lot of times we just, we just uh, have some fun. Oh, <laughs> shit,
So come to Vietnam, amen? <laughs> Amen. I think that's it. Yes. We are we're deeply grateful for the ministry of Orphan Voice and uh, getting to be a at least a part of that. So many others that sow into this ministry, but to just be a part of it is an honor. And uh, uh, we are grateful for all of what God is doing there. And uh, continue to pray for Tony and Cindy and for the ministry there. Of course, for them personally and for their family. You know, um, a lot of changes going on in the world and in their lives. And so they've been a tremendous blessing. And through them, we've had the opportunity to be a part of some of the things they shared and to hear the great word of a God of miracles who desires to touch and change our lives and he's available to each and every one of us. And we are blessed to be in a country like this. Um, most, most people are not exposed to some of the situations that we've seen and others, tragic ones that we actually didn't see. And some of our team that was over there could witness to that. But uh, I just want to say this. I want to say it's good to be a part of a church that will sow into into touching the lives of people around the world. And, and I thank you for your generosity. If uh, with all the ministries that are going on there, and we like to be a part of that as we go, if, you, uh, if you've been moved by the Holy Spirit and you feel like God spoke in your heart, said, I, I want you to you know, respond. Uh, there's something else I want you to do. And so in orphan voice, if, that's, if God speaks at your heart, just obey him. Uh, just obey him this morning, and you can either give directly through or to orphan voice uh, and we'll give you the information about that. We'll make sure that they get it. Or you can give through the church here. But, uh, you know, um, do this if God put it on your heart this morning. You give regularly for this. But there may be someone this morning that said, you know, I'm, God really moved on my heart. And I, and I want to do more. There's, some, there's something specific that God wants me to do. And our obedience to that impacts particular situations that we're not even aware of at the time. And so um, what, what a privilege it is to be a part of that. It's been a good day. Let's stand together. It's been a good day. Um, I want to just take a moment uh, to just uh, pray. We're not, we're gonna, I don't guess we're going to close out with worship this morning, but I just want to pray over you and, and, uh, and pray concerning the word that we've heard this morning and that God would give us a receptive heart to respond to his voice today. Father, how blessed it's been together to worship. How awesome it is to experience your presence. Help us to be, Lord, to be free in that, to be open to you moving in our lives and, and doing what you want to do. Help us to make room for you. And God, just, God, forgive us for the times that we've held back. Forgive us for the times that we've even denied you. Forgive us for the times that we've limited you. And Lord, I pray for those who perhaps are watching or who are in this building today who've never had that personal encounter and that greatest miracle of all, of a changed heart, a transformed life, that you can come to Jesus today. You can know that God loved you, that he gave his son for you, that, the, that he lived in perfection without sin, but he died on the cross to took our sins upon himself. And when we surrender our lives to him, 
and invite him into our lives, then he changes us. Our sins are forgiven, and we have eternal life. And it's just, that may sound simple, but that is grace. And no matter who you are, what situation you're in, if you call out to him right now, your, your life can be changed. Now, we're here to help you. If, you. if you pray that, we'd love to talk with you and encourage you. But I just, I just urge you to make that decision today. It is a life and death matter. It's an eternal matter. And you will never be sorry that you made that decision. I pray over the, the church here and for all those that are watching, God, that, that we've been stirred today, first of all, to just be so thankful for the God of love and faithfulness that we have to you, Lord, and thankful for your gifts in our life. We never outgive you. And, Lord, that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. The Lord, it comes down from the Father that, that you don't change. You don't change your mind in this, Lord, that you're constant and that we can count on you day in and day out in every situation. And, God, I pray for your blessing upon uh, us and upon the families here that are gathered in this place as we depart from here. That, Lord, we will truly yield to the, to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, we just want to, to, be, to be directed by your Spirit. We want to learn and grow in our faith, and we want to please you with our lives. Help us to impact the lives of others to your glory. And we pray, and we receive this, and we claim it, and we walk in it in the mighty name of Jesus in the house. Can we agree? Amen. Amen. Come on, give a good shout to the Lord before you go. Come on, give a good shout to God. He's worthy. Yes. <laughs> yes.